Hello, Church of the Cross, and welcome back to the Ninth Avenue Nine. This is your host, Joel Bascom, pastor of Connecting and Equipping. Good February to you. I'm excited to welcome you back to this podcast. For those of you turning in for the first time, the Ninth Avenue Nine is a podcast where we get to know members of our church community. So one of the ways I love to get to know people is by talking with them about the art that they love. So I came up with this podcast as a way to connect during this time of pandemic. Here's the basic premise. Each guest on the show will be asked what nine albums they would take with them if they were locked in the basement of our church on 9th Avenue for one year. As you listen to the second episode of this show, think about whether or not you would like to be on the show. I have already talked with many of you about what albums you would pick. I've gotten some great feedback already about the first show I did with The Venerable Christian Ruck. Here are a few comments from our church website. Steve Hunt wanted to make sure Christian knew where Michael Scott from The Waterboys was from. I'm always glad with giving constructive feedback to the rector, of course. By the way, I have lined up Steve for a future show, so think about following his example. Kim Garrity wrote in, Very entertaining, guys. It's Friday night, and we're going to check out your Spotify playlist as we make dinner. Can't wait for next time. Vivian Capella wrote, Very interesting and great job. Margie Hack wrote in, Well done, Joel and Christian. Love the pics. Uncle Tupelo? We'll need to check that out. There have been many others among you who have let me know what you thought of the first show via email or just in person. My friend Naomi Hamer even commented on the witty banter of me and Christian. Feel free to email me at joel at ofthecross.org if you would like to join me via Zoom and talk music. Now, let's get into our next episode. I sat down with Andine O'Neill, our worship pastor, to talk about her picks. We recorded this about a month ago. The link for Andine's playlist is included with this podcast both on our church website and on the Apple site. A word to the wise, as I am not a sound expert, the volume on this episode is a bit uneven. You may have to turn up your speaker a bit to hear well enough. This podcast is nothing if not a work in progress. So without further ado, here is episode two with our very own Andine O'Neill. Today's guest on the podcast is known to anyone who attends Church of the Cross. We have been blessed to be led in worship by her since 2013. She led the adult ministry for a few years, and I was blessed to work with her back when I was heading up the adult ed ministry some years ago. Now she's focused on the worship ministry as well as heading up the arts team. Since she spends so much time on music for us, I was very curious to hear what kind of music she would want if she were locked in the church basement. So please welcome to the Ninth Avenue Nine, our very own pastor of worship arts, Andine O'Neill. Hello, thank you. <laughs> yes. So Andine, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sort of want to play by the rules. I'm not a super rules oriented person, but I do like making sure that with each guest that I go through the ground rules of the podcast. Is that yeah. all right? Yeah. All right. So here's the ground rules. Number one, you are locked in the church basement for a year. You can have any nine albums you choose with you. The church basement does have Bibles and books of common prayer, but you can also bring one other book with you, and you can have one luxury item. So, without further ado, let's go, and we'll start talking. Are you ready? Yeah. You ready? All right. Very ready. I understand that there was a little bit of consternation and some real <laughs> weighing of issues with, with, with getting to your picks. Yes. I, I Maybe I should mention right off the bat that um, as much as I 
I am a musician. I do music for the, the main like meat of the work that I do here at Church of the Cross. Um, I was realizing that especially since getting married, I've become less of an album person okay. and more of a go find the music that I want person. And then especially um, it's the case that I rely on my very album and music driven husband as kind of our constant family DJ and librarian. And so I had all this existential angst about what's my favorite or what's his or do I go back to when I was single and but wait, what matters for being in the basement by myself yes. as opposed to just what's my favorite? And so, oh my goodness. So my first thing is I'll have to make sure I'm apologizing both to you and to my friend Sean, your husband, uh, for creating this kind of <laughs> this kind of tragic this crisis in your home. I was not at all looking to do that, but well, it does bring up a lot, doesn't it, about what you care about and what you why you would want certain things. Yes, yes. It prompted me to realize that my current iTunes on my most recent computer doesn't have all the music I mm -hmm. used to listen to. And okay. I pulled out an old computer that's literally the size of a tank. It's a laptop, but it's like a 17-inch or maybe bigger laptop. Mm -hmm. And opened it up and was able to see, even though it was like way old operating system, all my old iTunes music, yes. and it it just brought back all these memories, and it was so great. So there was difficult angst, and then there was also like existential joy. Of course, sort of a nostalgia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so okay, well, I am super excited to hear because we have talked about music some before in the past, you and I. But I'm really excited to hear. But the first thing I'm going to ask you for those of for those of our listeners uh, who who might not know, where did you grow up? Oh. I grew up in southern Minnesota. Southern Minnesota. Southern Rochester, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that also you ended up living in New England for a bit when you were in seminary, correct? That's right, yeah. I spent six years right after college out there, and I um, did a couple degrees in seminary and worked, and I was really into listening to music then, I realized, as mm -hmm. I looked at my history. <laughs> yes. But. Now, does, is there any relationship between the kinds of music you like to play versus the kinds you like to listen to? Um, yes, yes. Yeah. There, there, that'll become somewhat apparent. Um, but I do tend to like all kinds of music. There's very yes. few kinds of music I actually don't like. I just kind of gravitate towards the kinds of music that maybe I could learn to play if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, or I could participate in as a choral member if it's like a choir piece or something like that. Um, that might be the kinds of stuff I kind of keep coming back to. But, I mean... I also love hip hop, and I yeah. also love. I mean, I'm not a hip hop again aficionado, sure. but if my husband plays some for me, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, fun! This is yeah. fun. <laughs> okay, now before we dive into the, your picks, well, I'll, I'll remind the listeners that as we did with Pastor Christian in last month's episode, we will have a Spotify playlist that you can link uh, once uh, once we've gotten this podcast up. We'll, uh, I will work together with Andine, and we will come up with a Spotify playlist. So if you would like to be uh, exposed to any of the music that she is, is talking about, we can do that in a way that, that makes our lawyers happy, that nobody's going to get hurt because you know, we're playing music on the podcast, because I don't have the money to deal with that. So with that in mind, what is your first pick for the, for the basement? This was my easiest pick. Easiest pick. Yeah. Um, Over the Rhine is one of my very favorite Yes. Bands. And it was slightly hard to consider all the albums that I love of theirs, but it really rose to the top um, for me their album Drunkard's Prayer. It's mm -hmm. kind of the avenue with which I fell in love with them. And 
Yeah, I mean, I just think every, pretty much every track is like one of my favorite songs. I mean, I just really, really love the album and it connects me to so many different parts of my my life. Um, when I first, um, you know, was introduced to them and then when I introduced, this is an album that I introduced to Sean. And oh, he yes. didn't know it yet. Yes. And so, and it was right when we were falling in love. So mm -hmm. it was really... It's a really special album for a bunch of reasons. So Sean introduces you to more than vice versa? Is that fair? Typically. To... Yeah. When we were first dating, there was a bunch of things I brought to the table. And now I've, yeah, I don't contribute as much anymore. Okay. <laughs> and a couple of songs that people might know from that? Any, or is it, what, what are the, some of your favorite songs? on? It sounds like every song is your favorite. Well, there are And couple... I don't mean to create another crisis by asking <laughs> you to pick a song. No, it's okay. <laughs> a couple that I love, um... Born. Uh -huh. I was born to laugh, born to love, born mm -hmm. like it's it's just this album is written from this married couple who um they they are Christians as far as I can tell and, and know, mm -hmm. but they don't write or sing worship music at all. They're poets who speak of the beauty, the tragedy, the truth of life through kind of a, a slant angle, you know, mm -hmm. from the slant. And um this album is them almost breaking up their marriage. I mean, they almost got a divorce. They were living apart from each other, and then mm -hmm. they decided to come back together, and the title, Drunkard's Prayer, is that they would set a bottle of wine on the table every night and sit and talk together every single night and just hear each other. And there's a, there's a, there's a verse in Born, put your elbows on the table, I'll listen long as I am able, mm -hmm. and just be there, and the Holy Ghost talking to you or yeah. like I just let's just be here with one another because this is worth it and so Born comes to mind um Bluer is is a great song about when they're sad and apart from each other um there's a great song that I kind of want to co-opt for um the end of COVID that's looking forward to looking back yes like, I'm looking forward to looking back and yeah. It sounds like a good sentiment right now. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We're not quite there yet. <laughs> not quite there yet. We're yeah. looking forward to looking back, um, to yeah. being on the other side of this. So. Yeah, we are recording this in uh, the early part of January of 2021, and so we are definitely seeing some glimmers, but we still have a ways to go, and we are looking forward to, as you say, looking back. Yeah. All right, well, that's a great first entry. What's your second album? So this is going to be difficult to find on Spotify. Okay. Um, but I, I, I really wanted this album in my list. Um, it's a real album. Mm -hmm. It was actually made. I was there. I was actually part of the recording of it. Okay. Um, it was a choir album. Okay. When I was in high school, I was very into choir and contests and choral competitions. But this particular choir was the whole region of southern Minnesota. And we would travel together and rehearse one day a week. And if you missed, like, two rehearsals or something, you were out of the choir. It okay. was, like, a very high-commitment choir. And I got to know people from the region who just love to sing and love to sing really difficult music. Um, I'm sorry to say this, but the caliber of music that we sang, I've never sang that caliber of music again. Okay. Um, even when I was in college choirs and things like that. Yeah. It was, it was a reach for me to be a part of this. I felt like I tricked the people to let me into it um so this was high school it was my senior year okay. yeah and then we ended up traveling europe and competing in some um international competitions oh cool so there are 22 songs on this album and uh 
I just, I mean, if I heard any one of these songs now, I mean, I was listening to it and I was preparing for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. For this podcast, I could just sing along my part with every single one of them. And it was so, so wonderful. And it's not just a memory lane nostalgia thing. It's also just the pure beauty of music and the human voice and what it can do. And when you combine voices together and it's, it's a version of bliss. And then of course, like with some of these songs, like we sing a King Singers version and King Singers is an acapella, uh, extremely high caliber acapella group, um, based out of the UK and they do really, um, classical things. And they also take pop music and yes. make it into acapella. And we did a Billy Joel and so it goes. Okay. Um, but set by the King Singers, this, okay. this UK group. So it's like this beautiful song about singing about how you want to relay that you love someone, but you don't think this person loves you back. Mm-hmm. And I remember singing it in a gazebo in the Netherlands in the dark. Yeah. You know, like That's for fun. And there's just, there's just That's great. Yeah. And then other like fugues and, you know, Latin, uh, Gregorian uh-huh. chant pieces yeah. and, um, so not only like choral, but just a lot of different kinds of music that you were able to do together. Oh, yeah. We yeah. had like gospel on here. We had, you know, modern choral music, like very modern. Uh-huh. It's like all about the dissonance. And yes. Um, one line from the weirdest song was literally, oh my gosh, it's so ironic, is tear my nails from their fingertips. It's uh, a song about anguish. And I accidentally... And Dean was just looking at her finger because she has a... <laughs> She has a band-aid on her finger while she's talking about it. Yeah, because I accidentally cut one of my fingernails partly off this weekend. So anyway, <laughs> um, we had African music on it, and yes. it was really formational for me. I mean, this is a formational well, Senior period. year of high school, absolutely. Yeah, and to sing all this music with a choir. And and what uh, was the name of the group? Uh, the Southeast Minnesota Honors Choir. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might, might be a tough, tough thing to, to find on Spotify, but maybe we could... You know, maybe we could, I, once I connect with you about which pieces were on it, maybe we could find some way to, yeah. you know, so have I an equivalent. Yeah, find some other pieces. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really, that's really cool. Yeah. What's number three? Um, I just, it's just a, it's just a pure favorite where every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I want to be driving in my car by myself or maybe with Sean. Yeah. <laughs> through some beautiful place. Um, Ray LaMontagne, Gossip in the Grain. Okay. Um, I I've love. Heard of, I've heard of Ray LaMontagne, definitely. I haven't. I've heard. Haven't heard this album though. Um, he has a like gravel sandpaper voice that's also just beautiful and full of emotion and uh-huh. um, and yeah, he. If I were to pick a couple songs from the album that I love, um, it's kind of hard. Yes, but, well, yeah, yeah, that's the idea. Again, I don't want to create more angst. Yeah, because... well, no, it's, easier, <laughs> it's a little easier when the songs are in front of me to try yeah. to just choose. But um, Winter Birds, okay. which would be a great song to listen to right now. Yeah. Um, it's this kind of epic, like, dreamy feeling about being in winter and seeing the winter birds. And it's kind of a love song as well. And um, yeah. it's just a really kind of moving kind of album. And then he also has a really fun song on there, Meg White, um, where he kind of plays on the fact that uh, she plays the drums. And yeah, from the White Stripes. Yeah, yeah. And she just kept the beat, essentially, yes. and yes. says this is <laughs> about how Meg White's playing the drums. Anyway. So when did this album come out? What's the, like, the... Oh, I don't just, remember, If you're singing but... about Meg White, I guess it's... 
2000s. I'm gonna yeah, know. yeah. I mean, it probably came out like 2007 or yeah. something around there. Yeah. 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 And do you also like the White Stripes? Or? Enough to know who they are and have heard some songs. And to know who's being talked about when he says Meg White. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's a really, really great first three entries. I am really, really excited to hear what the rest of them are. All right. Well, great first three entries. Uh, I do have one question for you as we sort of make our way through this. Is there a particular era in your life that some of this music comes from, or is it more varied through the course of your life? I do think a lot of it comes from my time in Boston. Um, that's right after college. And in college, I was listening to a lot of great stuff. In fact, I made some lists of like honorable mentions or best ofs or things that really were important to me in college when I was leading a lot of worship. I think I listened to a lot of David Crowder and Cadence Call and Water Deep and Shane and Shane. But none of those people are making this list because mm -hmm. um, you only given me nine albums. Yes, and I'm very. I'm a stickler about I'm that. I'm locked in the basement. Yes, and so um, I can sing worship music and uh, make up my own stuff. But um, I really wanted the people that have felt really inspiring to me or something that feels like especially almost magical about listening or entering into the music. And yes. so. Something about being in seminary when I was really coming into who I was as an adult, which I hear, I hear that's pretty typical. Yeah. Kind like, of formative that people, time. People, yeah, love the music they loved when they were in their, you know, early 20s mm -hmm. for like the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of a little bit of my story, although, yeah, there's, yeah. I want to continue to learn too. Yes. And just as just so everybody's clear, while Andine and any of my guests are locked in the basement, they will be fed because there's a kitchen down there. So don't come after <laughs> me. Don't email me about whether or not they're going to be okay. They're going to be just fine. We live in the 21st century, and there's plenty of food down there. All right. So what is your number four pick? Number four pick. Again, I'm sorry. This I'm sure is breaking the rules just slightly. The last my number two pick of the the Honors Choir CD. That that was a real album. That was yes. me. This one is a mix that someone made for me. Okay. So I'm maybe you maybe. Well, I'm well, well, the rules. you know, now that we're on, we're already recording. I mean, I, <laughs> I'll have to allow it. What I is didn't it? ask it. Answer, you know. But here's here's why it's the mix. It was I was visiting one of my seminary friends just a couple years after seminary, in um I think I still lived in Boston at the time, and she lived in Tennessee, and a yes. bunch of us were gathering in Tennessee, and we were actually going to drive from. Maybe we started in Mobile, Alabama. We went Mobile, Birmingham, and then we went through Memphis and Nashville. Okay. And Chattanooga. Yes. Whatever order they're east to west, I always forget. Okay. But, um, uh, so she she made a mix for our time together. And she oh, called yeah. It the Southern Ladies Convention. Oh, cool. Well, we actually, well, you even have a title. So that, okay, I'll yeah, allow that. Yeah, no, it's the Southern, <laughs> the Southern Ladies Convention mix. And here's why I had to include it, because there's no way... I could choose between all these women that I would want to listen to. Oh, this, I think I might know where this is on going. On this album yeah. was like 30 songs of including Emmylou Harris, Patty Griffin, Dolly Parton, Alison Krauss, Nancy Griffith, and even some Indigo Girls. I was I was expecting at least one of those to be an album. So yes, it doesn't surprise me at all that you would have that group of people. Well, Joel, I went into Emmylou Harris's albums that I had listened to, and I have not listened to her work as albums and okay. so i have yeah. all these favorite mm -hmm. songs mm -hmm. but not in one album mm -hmm. 
And um, like one of my favorite songs of hers is Red Dirt Girl. I've actually sure. sang and performed that song different yes. times, uh, not at church. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't I don't recall having heard that at church, but, but it is a great song. Like that's on there. Um, Patty Griffin, When It Don't Come Easy, mm-hmm. just like one that I really love. I don't think Patty Griffin's Southern, but she fits. She kind of is like the next generation, Emmylou Harris, a little bit. Um, Dolly Parton's Traveling Partner, Alison Krauss, Every Time You Say Goodbye. Uh, Nancy Griffith has a bunch that are great too and she's a little lesser known maybe not everyone knows her but um, I love I love the simple I don't ever want to call it country because to me it's more folk I yeah. just, it's 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 female folk and I love it when they hold their own guitar yes and they're actually singing and playing these beautiful stories and yes I I, I hope it comes through a little bit but that, that's but Dolly Parton I would say is country Dolly Parton is country. You're right. You're right. But you can't really separate Dolly Parton from Emmylou Harris by too many degrees. Yeah, that's true. And Dolly Parton, it's interesting to watch how lately there's an enormous uh, appreciation going on lately for Dolly Parton well, all of a sudden. Like... And it's really blur- it's really amazing to watch because if you go through her work, it's she's got a, she's had an astounding career. She's had so much work and she's been so what's the word, uh, you know, just so much work. There's a good word for it that I am now. I'll have to get my thesaurus. But yeah, she's been very like philanthropic and yeah. um, she's very generative in what she does. Like she mm-hmm. doesn't just try to get the attention to herself. But I mean, I'm not like a huge Jelly Parton fan, but I have to acknowledge my gratitude for her place in musical history. And Emmy Lou Harris. I mean, I just I've thought like the way Julie and Julia that movie where yes. Um, Julie, the modern character, goes through a mm-hmm. cookbook of Julia Child's. I've wondered about doing that musically oh, with Emmy Lou Harris. Yeah, I totally. And just sitting down and being like, okay, and the next time, yeah. and the next time, and the next time. Because that's that's a style I I want to keep, yeah, growing in. I just... I well, I'm going to bend the rules here for a second. And I'm going to say, first of all, this will not... You cannot take this album with you to the basement. But is there a particular Emmy Lou Harris album you really like? See... I, I'm so sorry to disappoint you, no, but okay. I don't even. Right. I, if if you if if you gave me a list, I'd be like, oh, I yeah, yes. okay, I've seen you that. Just I heard draw that. sort of different. But ones yeah, different I had ones. to like make yeah. notes for this so that I made sure that I was I was conscious of the albums because yeah. Amy Lou Harris um, has been a huge part of Stephanie and my you know relationship over the years, and it, we we love her, and also somebody who. I can't really think of very many people who have been able to exert so much influence the way she has. I mean, mm-hmm. the amount of, of uh, her footprint is just enormous. She's so great. It really is. I did see one um, like concert with her with uh, Emmy Lou in the middle and then Patty Griffin on the side and then Sean Colvin on the other side, which was oh, an interesting, interesting. combination. Yeah. And then... Somebody, a boy, a man came out at one point. But anyway, <laughs> they did, you know, all this, like, kind of just female singer-songwriter beauty, and it yeah. was just fantastic. I think we're on number five now. Yes. I got so involved listening to you about, <laughs> about what was it, the Southern Women's Convention? Southern, Southern Ladies. Ladies, Ladies, yes. Yeah, the, yeah. I got so involved listening to you there that I, for, but I think we're on number five now. What's number five? Yeah. Um, Lame is the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I needed to include. You have a particular something. year, which a particular recording? No, no. I, I don't have like my favorite um, mm-hmm. singers. Although I think Leah Salong or whatever that 
I don't even know how to say her name, but I think she was Eponine for a long time. Yeah. And does a really good job. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it just, I don't know how you can't, it's just so good. How, what, what do you even say about it? It's just, it's one of the best stories. It represents, it reflects so many aspects of the gospel. Yes. Um, it's so moving. The songs are so great to sing to. And yes. I do have memories connected to it as well. I sing. I think I sing a part of Cosette, not for a whole production, but yeah. for like several songs um, for a concert when I was in high school. And um, it's it's just so good. I, I felt like if I had that in the basement, I would yeah, have you, like the yeah, best yeah. movie, the yeah. best story almost, uh, one of the best stories of all time that I could sing out loud to or listen to. And Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Do you have a uh, couple of my a couple of uh, particular songs that really, when yeah. they come on, they really move you? Well, the high schooler in me would say "On My Own." Oh, sure. Which yeah. is the very drama like, yes. you know. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> sure. if I would choose that the same way now, but <laughs> yeah. I really like "Bring Him Home." Maybe yeah. that's as a parent, you yeah. know. The, oh, like, sure. Yeah. But the, also just the line written, the lines written. Mm-hmm. For the the vocal part there, just the way it flows, it's just so beautiful to me. And and then all the ensemble type pieces where like they interweave a bunch of things together. One day more. Oh, one day more is so yeah. good. And there's a you know a bunch of versions of that. Um. So I just yeah. I, Do you um? Let me think. Have Have you had had chance to see it live? Yes. When, when was the last... Have you seen it more than once? I'm so glad you asked that question because it's actually really important. My, my dad, who um, appreciates music and is not at all a musician, he said, I play my speakers. So that's what he would say. Yeah. Um, when I was 16, I like he took me on a little... Like, this was... He, my dad was a physician, and so for one of his medical trips when we turned 16, he said, you can come with and you can kind of help choose the conference yeah. I go to. Mm-hmm. And, so we went to New York City together. Oh, and, wow. So you saw it um, on Broadway? And we saw Les Mis on Broadway. It was oh, my cool. first show I'd ever seen on Broadway. And it was Les Mis. And it was with my dad. And um, it was just what a great memory. such an impression. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're going to do it, if you're going to see Les Mis, <laughs> it's like either Broadway or West End. That's the place you want to see. Oh, my it. goodness. Yeah. I, we, uh, we saw it a couple years ago when it was here at the Orpheum. And then uh, Stephanie and I saw it right as right about when we got married in the, the music center in Los Angeles. So, I awesome. it, it is great. Oh, definitely a favorite in our household. Oh, one little tidbit of funny information is that when the movie came out with um, Hugh Jackman, yeah, and Russell Crowe, and yeah, uh, what's her name, Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway, sure. Um, I hadn't seen it yet, and Sean and I were flying home from Italy. We're not world travelers usually, but this was our very special Italy trip after we were married. Yeah. We were flying home from Italy, and I was, like, drinking the cheap airport red wine, and yeah. I just cried the whole show. Because you had know? just been in Italy. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, I was just crying out of this being so moved, but okay. I, I have never ended up with the worst worst headache in my life I, I i get migraines yes this is i had like one thing of red wine but it was a contributing cheap red wine plus horrible horrible crying i literally <laughs> looked like i mean people probably were very scared to be by me it was not okay i probably did not look like a good person and like and i hear you about just so the the themes of redemption and the gospel and mm. just uh the scene at the beginning when the bishop um, gives him the 
the silver to become an honest man. Uh, I just, I can't, yeah, I can't even, as the kids <laughs> say these days. What's number six, Sandine? Some good, good entries. Yeah, I, um, she died too young, but we cannot forget her. Eva Cassidy. Oh, okay. I think, um, I've heard of Eva Cassidy, I think. Um, she's another female singer. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I had to kind of make sure I didn't do too many of my favorite female singers, but they, they, they do make a strong representation here. Um, yeah. She didn't write a lot of her own music, uh-huh. but her covers are glorious. I mean, you, you cool. want to listen to them with really good speakers or really good headphones, okay. and she's a very good guitar player. Oh, okay. I think she plays piano too, but um, what she ends up playing and singing makes you love the song that you already knew even more. So I would highly recommend um, any of her albums, but Songbird is one I'm recommending. Okay. That's the album. Eva Cassidy, Songbird. Yeah. Fields of Gold. Is Wade, that the Sting song? Yep. Okay. Uh, Wade in the Water. Okay, yeah. Autumn Leaves. Which, wow, these are all pretty famous songs. Yeah. yeah. Wayfaring Stranger. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> people Get Ready. People Get Ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then Over the Rainbow. Oh, uh, yeah. You've heard it a hundred thousand times. Yeah. I don't think you've really heard Over the Rainbow until you've heard Eva Cassidy sing it, and I'm not kidding. Joel, you'll yeah. have to come back to me and tell me if you can listen to her singing Over the Rainbow with good headphones without crying. I will report back to you. <laughs> well, me listening to music without crying, <laughs> that's kind of not fair because I, I cry like several times every day, as some of you pre- who attend Church of the Cross might already know. So, but yes, that's great. I will definitely do that. And that sounds like a really, really, uh, really, really great group of songs. So I will really, really look forward to listening to that. We're going to take a little break here and we'll be back with Andine's final picks as well as the other two things she'll take to the basement. And welcome back. Now, Andine has been a very good guest, unlike the pastor, who wanted to have, you know, like 90 picks. He kept going on and on. Uh, She's being really good. I did bend the rules a little bit for her playlist, but I think it works. So for those of you who are interested in being in the podcast at some point, we'll talk about playlists a little bit. But I think we'll we'll bend the rules a little bit for that. But that makes sense. Uh, And it's a really, really cool pick. And I already am excited to listen to some of the music that you've talked about. Uh, Le Miserable, I'm always excited to listen to it anyway, because I love it. So, um, any particular reasoning? Everybody attacks, you know, some people don't care about lists like this. I love lists. Whenever I think about lists, I get really, you know, heady about why I pick, what I pick. Was there a particular philosophy or reasoning you had behind the the albums you picked? No, I mean, sort of. I I guess the philosophy kept shifting. Yeah. So, um, yes and no. I was sort of like, well, I just kind of want my favorite music that means a lot to me but then i started asking myself well wait like my husband introduced that to me and that's kind of like he knows that album mm-hmm. and he plays mm-hmm. it. it i don't actually own it or go try to find it somewhere how i don't even know how he plays it mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. um is it part of his cd collection or is it something he finds online um i should go to what i love and then that kind of brought me back to like when i was single before i ever knew uh-huh. him so i kind of had this like I had this approach of, I want music that um, means a lot to me, has influenced me a lot, is is almost like a magical experience for me to listen to. And then I, I did want to represent sort of different parts of my life. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I am somebody that likes to think back on, yeah, what was special and important different parts of my life. And then I also was just 
practically keeping in mind wanting a little bit of variety. Yeah. Um, well, you'll be in the basement for a long time. Yeah. And we talk about this whole you know quarantine thing that we've all had to do because of COVID. And, but <laughs> staying in one room for Sounds an entire awful. year, that's a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. What is your number seven pick? My number seven pick, the category, so you had to kind of have like the category I wanted to fill here was um, instrumental. Uh-huh, yeah. And I could have chosen so many different things. Yeah. But the thing that I that I did cho- choose was an album called Goat Rodeo Sessions. Goat Rodeo Sessions. Yeah, and it's with Yo-Yo Ma, Stuart Duncan, Edgar Meyer, and Chris Thiele. Okay. So a lot of well-known names there. Yeah. Um, the Goat Rodeo is kind of from the idea, it's like not a typical rodeo, and I, I think it maybe really happens when I read about it, but okay. you just get some musicians in a room and just figure out how to play together, and all okay. these people are, you know, prodigies, yes. the, the best of their, of their um, kind, um, but it's kind of got a Appalachian kind of twist in yes. the music, yes. but it's not like pure bluegrass at uh-huh. all. It's uh-huh. just really interesting, fun, uh, beautiful, sometimes really fast and energetic uh-huh. music. Um, a couple slower pieces. I almost wanted to choose Appalachian Journey, which uh-huh. has some of the same musicians on it. And then I also just wanted to go like Mozart's Requiem or something like that. But uh, I, yeah. I chose this for a couple different reasons, this Goat Rodeo Sessions. I love, it's kind of what I try to do um, at at church, um, there were people on this album who don't love to improvise first. They yeah. would rather have written music. Sure. And then there's also, uh, that's Yo-Yo Ma, from what I understand. When I uh-huh. I heard an interview about it, so maybe I'm wrong, but the interview was saying <laughs> that, you know, of course, he's capable of improvising. Yes. But, the, like, the intricacy of what they were doing, he would like to have some things written down. And Stuart Duncan, multiple instrument player, I think mandolin and violin and others, he... Ne- didn't ever read music. It didn't prefer to read music. Okay. And so the struggle for them to create this album with him was, can you remember what you did last time so you can do it again yeah. on the album? And yeah. I I think that there's a... I try to work with musicians who really prefer notation and, you know, the music in front of them. And then I have other musicians who, like, don't even look at the music. They just want to know what key we're in. And yes. just play along. And um, I just love the beauty that this group came this group produced by coming together and um one of my favorite songs is here in heaven um which is christy lee and another girl i forgot her name is singing on it and um attaboy chicken quarter dark or quarter chicken dark really good songs i mean everything it's just the whole album's worth it and what are the instruments i mean i know yo-yo ma is a cellist but what are the other yeah uh mandolin uh bass and um violin okay yeah. Well, that sounds really cool. Yeah. I have not heard of that. So that's... Yeah. Again, AI. Sometimes I think they incorporate banjo. I mean, multiple of them play different instruments, so they play different. I think guitar is included sometimes. Yeah. I'm sure they all play guitar. And so. sort of like you said, you know, sort of an Appalachian kind of feel. A little, yeah. It's, but it's a little breaking boundaries of what it is. Okay. It's just kind of... I mean, yeah, I would say it has an Appalachian feel, but it's unusual. The time signature is unusual. They shift and change. It almost has a element of jazz and how they're yeah like, it kind of sounds like it kind that's of, kind of what yeah. i was wondering yeah especially when you were talking about the person who might not remember what they <laughs> played last week yeah, yeah. i mean that's yeah. always what's sort of appealed to me about when i listen to jazz is just that it can always be different uh, every yeah time. and that's the case with to be fair with classical music as well as you know you can listen to different people's interpretations and it's 
totally different, different. Yeah. but yeah, it's not yeah. like totally different, like way it is with improvisation. Yep, 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 yep. Very cool. So what's number eight? Number eight, um, I wanted to choose something that was introduced to me specifically by my husband, Sean, that I have really come to love. And yeah. so that's this, that's this category, and it's the musician Greg Brown. Okay. Um, he is a poet. I mean, he is uh -huh. just a poet, poet through and through. And um, I almost, this category could have fit in Tom Waits or... Um, Tom yeah. Waits? Yeah. Oh, Tom, I love Tom. Yeah, so, so Greg Brown and Tom Waits have, yeah. a, lot of, have a lot in common. Okay. Um, Greg Brown grunts a little less than Tom Waits, I think. <laughs> okay. But, well, most people do, I would say. <laughs> most people grunt less. If but those Greg, of you who have never listened to Tom Waits, <laughs> it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of grunting. There's a lot of sandpaper. <laughs> growling sounds. and whatnot. Yeah, growling. Yes. Oh, actual growling. Actual yeah. growling, yeah. Um, well, Greg Brown... Um, he said when he at one of his concerts that we went to, he said that um, he set out to be a musician that would write these really catchy tunes, you know, like Piano Man, like everyone would just sing yes, it and know yes. and dance around. And then he just realized, you know what? That's not that's not what the muses have given me. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not the kind of musician that I am. And yeah. he writes these. Um, I mean, he's a folk musician, so he uh -huh. writes stories. He tells song. He he tells stories about like going to his grandma's house and what it's like to to, to know how they. They um, can everything yeah. there, and and they eat the food with the yeah. bounty of the land and everything. But he's funny. Uh -huh. He's a little off color sometimes. Okay, um, off color. Yeah, if you don't, you know, make sure we 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 give the disclaimer that I did with <laughs> Christian. You know, we don't necessarily endorse everything, but we do believe in common grace here at the Ninth <laughs> Avenue Nine. That there is. Where is he from? Do you oh. know where he's from? Like what part of the country? I would guess slightly southern. Yeah, Iowa, southern. actually. He's Iowa. I remember now. There's, I he is it's at least the he, he would consider himself from Iowa because he spent okay. so much time there. Um, one of my favorite songs on the album I'm talking about, Covenant, um, is called Blue Car, and it's just I'm driving my blue car, baby. And if you drive and you're listening to that song, you just feel like, oh, I'm happy. I'm happy right <laughs> so now. So the album is called Covenant. The Covenant album is called Covenant, and there's several songs that are that are great on it, but Blue Car. Um, stands out um yeah it, it's just he's just a beautiful poet i mean he he's he's pretty old now and he, it's like as you see somebody who's extroverted and funny and and interesting get older they start to be more free with what they say that, yeah that does happen yeah. yeah i feel like he's doing that as a musician oh fun well, and um yeah, it's kind yeah. of... Hopefully we won't get to the point where somebody has to take his instruments away. It's too honest. <laughs> well, that's really but, cool. So so we're eight in, and we've been to uh, Paris, uh, France with Les Mis. We've been over the Rhine, as you say. We've been now Appalachia, Iowa. I'm trying to think where else we've been. Of course, the Southern Ladies. The Southern uh, Ladies. Yeah, the, so, the, the, the choir took us all over the choir world. Choir goes all over all the world. History. Yeah. All right. Um, so where are we going to go for our our number nine pick? I'm sure this is totally going to be weird to so many people, but I wanted, like, a fun album. Like, yeah. just pure yeah. fun that would make me want to, like, work out or dance or just have fun. And I don't always go to those albums. I yeah. usually want those albums when I'm going to clean the house. <laughs> sure. Or motivate my children to do something yes. or um but before i had kids and when i was on my own i did have several of those albums that like i'd want to go on a walk and i would just want to feel like energized yeah of course um like i feel kind of sad that some of my honorable mentions didn't make the cut including like waylon jenny's who has some fun things or 
or Nickel Creek who has some energizing things, but mm-hmm. they just I have so many I have so many categories that are mm-hmm. these similar kind of folky appellations. And Andy's getting a little bit cheating a little bit because she's I mentioning other artists them that, that I didn't choose them. <laughs> of course. Like I wanted any better into the wild. That was going to be too existential to add when I have all these other. Add an extra. Like that. Maybe we could do a. Uh, maybe we could do a, uh, a side B at some point or something well, like yeah. that. So what is so where are we going for yeah, that? So now I'm just very Do you know the musician Moby? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so yeah. I, I picked Moby's album Play. Oh yeah, I had that album in college. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. It's, it's fun. Really yeah. Really fun and it's really diverse. Like you go yeah, from one it's song true. and then the next song's totally different. It's not like putting on Jack Jams or something. What's that one? That South Side? Is that the name of the North there's one that's like South uh, Side, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the one I really always liked. That's a yeah. really like Great guitar solo in the middle of yeah. it. Yeah, and the Why Does My Heart Feel So Bad. Oh, sure. It's yeah. really fun. I mean, it's just, it's one of my favorite kind of versions of techno music. And I do actually like some of that kind of music, like yeah. Cigarettes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really fun to listen to. Um, but this is just energizing mm-hmm. fun. And and the, and the album is called Play, you know? It so is, you, yeah. just, you just need something... Something fun. Wow, like it's been a long time since I've listened to that. I listened to that a lot when it came out. I well, because it was really popular and I really liked it. But man, it's been a long, long that time. That was part of my existential thing of it. Was like I haven't listened to this that much in a while. Mm-hmm. But this was really important to me. Yeah. And I actually want it. I think I want it on my little basement um, isolation experience. Yes, for your isolation but, experience. Yes. But yeah, you do need something to liven things up. It can't all be Les Mis. If it's just no. Les Mis, then by the end of maybe the week two, you might be ready, you know, yeah. you might get really existential. I still, I, I, that, I feel like I'm covering some of my favorites, but also giving some diversity to my experience in the basement with these, with these nine. But I do, I'm really not trying to cheat, but I'm trying to share like, like I miss, <laughs> like I also have these other weird, I loved Regina Spector, who's really sure. weird. Mm-hmm. And there's a few others kind of like her that the weird female vocalists that I just really <laughs> think are really inspiring and fun, but I don't think I'd want them every day. Yes. And I think that Moby play, I could actually like find something fun in it every day. So yeah, that's been a long, a lot of samples, a lot of things on that one. Yeah. yeah I'm going to have to, it'll be fun to, uh, and, uh, as I said before, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but we will be putting together a, a playlist. So you'll be able to listen to samples uh, in more ways than one, uh, from from the Moby album. So th- that is a really really great journey through those nine. I, I look forward to uh, to going home and listening to some of that music because it sounds fantastic. I w- you know I'm a huge Emmy Lou Harris fan, so I don't know how much discovering I'll have to do there. But certainly <laughs> on some of the others, I, I'm really looking forward to listening to that Eva Cassidy music that you're talking about. So okay, so those, for we did cover the ground rules at the beginning. She did pretty well with it. You know, we sneak a few other word, names in there, and that's fine. I get it. Totally get it. We got to give love to the I'm artist. Not saying that I'm going to take them down there. No, no, no. She's not. She's just she's kind of just mentioning them, and yeah. she can talk. Maybe you know, and maybe you're a good, you're a wonderful singer, so you could sing some Waylon Jennings. <laughs> Songs you by myself. I'll yeah, of course. Yeah. Three, four, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you, uh, in, since it's the church basement, we have lots of books of common prayer around. So you'll have a book of common prayer with you. You'll have a Bible with you since it's a church, but you get to take one other book with you to the basement. What's that book going to be? I kind of went the same direction as picking Les Mis. I, I picked Lord of the Rings. Um, yes, that's a good I, pick. I feel like it's totally uncreative in a bunch of ways because it's just so <laughs> obvious. But I... It has everything, every kind of 
uh-huh. you know, genre of story within it. And it's such an epic, sweeping adventure that, that you can feel like you're really a part of something. And it's long, which is helpful if I'm down there for a long time. It is. And I really, really do love the story. So yeah, um, it's a great story. I feel slightly uncreative, but it was just kind of the it was the easiest decision I had to make with all of this. It was just <laughs> the like, book you was know the what? Easiest, yeah. I just need to bring one of the rings. <laughs> That's the decision. Well, there's a reason some of this stuff. So many of it. It'll be interesting because you're my second show. And one of the things that will be a lot of fun as we do more and more, and anybody who wants to come on the show, please contact me. I'd love to talk to you, uh, is how many common themes we'll see as the more people I... And I have a feeling that if I were to interview several dozen people from Church of the Cross, I get the sense that Lord of the Rings might come up. It's just hard to choose a couple times, yeah. but because it, it's it's a great it's a great story and so much of uh, so much of our sort of Anglican culture, even though you know Tolkien was Roman Catholic, there's so much similarity and so much Englishness yeah. about him yeah. that informs his work. So uh, and also you are entitled to one luxury item. Well, well, what luxury item would you take to the yeah. Well, the term luxury kept making me think like I want to be comfortable. Like, yeah. if I'm down there, I want to be, like, <laughs> yeah. comfortable. And yeah. so um, I didn't go with, like, a hobby item okay. you know, that, like, I could play or do. Yeah. I went with true luxury, and I just chose an excellent pillow that preferably smells of lavender. <laughs> That's a great item. I remember uh, last, when I interviewed Christian, he said, well, I think I'll have a pew to lie on so I can do that. Um, <laughs> so he picked, he picked something else. But, yes, I think that sounds like a fantastic luxury item. Kind Good of pillow. Like a pillow person. Like mm. If I sit on a, the couch in our house or when I'm going to bed, I have, like, a system of pillows that I want, like, around <laughs> me. And I just love it when I get, like, the right situation with my pillows. And right. so um, if I had a really nice big pillow to read and listen to music with, that would be great. That sounds that sounds great. You'd be able to just cozy up with Lord of the Rings and put on uh, Les Miserables and just cozy up and enjoy your time in the basement and as much as you can. Having yeah. it being isolated. Yeah. Well, Andine, this has been really, really fun. Thank you so much for coming on to my show. And if you ever, if if, if you ever want to uh, to be inspired, you know, for me coming in to our to our church on Sunday mornings and listen to Andine and her worship team um, lead us in worship has always been such a th- such a ministry to me. So thank you so much, and thank you so much for. The great picks. I can't wait to get started. Well, thank you. This this was a fun, like I said, existential journey of both <laughs> angst and total joy. Yes, it was really fun absolutely. to have the conversation too. So all right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. And that's a wrap on episode two. My thanks once again to Andine for talking with me. As I mentioned before and during the show, we have a Spotify playlist available so that you can listen to some songs from Andine's picks. You will find the link both on the church website as well as on the Apple podcast site. I have spent a lot of time listening to her playlist, and let me tell you, she does not oversell that Eva Cassidy version of Over the Rainbow. It is gorgeous. Also, it was great to hear Moby for the first time in years. I think you'll really enjoy listening to the tracks. My vision for this podcast was to be monthly, but I already have four more interviews that I have conducted, 
So there will be a bonus episode coming out later this month featuring longtime member Chris Scanlon. As I said at the outset, please let me know if you would like to talk music with me and we can Zoom chat. Also, if you're shy of the microphone, email me a list of your nine picks and I can read them on a future episode. In either case, my email address is joel at ofthecross.org. So until we hear from our friend Chris Scanlon, keep thinking about what your picks would be. And may the peace of the Lord be with you.